January 14th, 2023. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
Show happy Saturday. A little pilot air there, right? Can't blame the airplane. <laughs> pilot <laughs> air. Uh, start off the show, Tommy time. Tommy Flanagan with John Coltrane. Everybody knows this story, right? Uh, Giant Steps recording session, the, the song Giant Steps. John Coltrane hands Tommy Flanagan a piece of paper. It's just some chords, don't worry. And Tommy Flanagan, when he looked at it, he thought it was a ballad. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to play this thing, but it's like every two beats, it changes chords. And he had a solo over it. He said it took him 13 years to get a solo he liked. But anyway, at least he got it. No wine before it's time. Mr. Wells quoted us. And then we had Midnight on the Mountain from Favor Moon. And because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got all the way from Tokyo, Japan, Jay Holmes. Welcome aboard, Jay. Thank you so much, Mike. Good to be here. Yes, and everything is copacetic. Uh, Great. I want to thank you for soliciting yourself on the show because, uh, well, I got uh, a chance to aid and abet with some of your music. But now I get to fucking learn about how you got to that point to be asking me to do that. Oh, thank you very much, yeah. So, Jay Holmes, please bring me your earliest musical recollection. Oh, man, earliest musical recollection, man. I I was always a kid who was, you know, really obsessed with um, tape recorders, man. Um, Childhood obsession. Loved I loved hearing Bagman stuff like that. I think my earliest musical obsession was probably just taping stuff, um, some kind of weird, like, found sounds around the house, picking up stuff from the old television. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the, the mid-'70s, so, you know, picking up weird tunes from <clears throat> from commercials and stuff like that was probably my, my initial jam is what my, my first real recollection of, like, really 
hearing back music and checking it out, what it was, those early weird cassettes of just um, childhood fun. Now, now uh, let me get this straight. You, you could equate music with sound. So anything with a sound could be music. I mean, I'm into that. You know what? It's weird, man. I'm always hearing rhythms when a car goes by or like, um, you know. Kind of Cajun, kind of Cajun. Right, yeah, Mr. Yeah. John, Mr. Guess, John Cage would say that, right? Because he had kind of the same idea about noise, right? You could have yeah. the most righteous, whatever, Paganini, Mozart, Beethoven going on, but if you're trying to talk to somebody, that's fucking noise. Sure, sure. I yeah. guess like Stockhausen as well used a lot of that same concept as well. Of just well, like I um, think he got it from him. I think, I think John Cage just the the conceptual foundations to maybe a modern approach to what music is and i've had a lot of uh, uh, in fact a musician there from japan there sawako uh, what do you call these things field recording sound uh, ambient yes yeah, why yes. not yeah that's the, that's those kind of interesting man i mean it, it, it paints a it paints a picture even nowadays you know what we hear stuff like maybe like samples being used or like you know a little bit of intro on some albums and you hear even that tape hiss Man, that sends you back in a time warp, doesn't it? Yeah, absolute. You mean like it, off? You're talking like cassettes and yeah, just just that this that basic sound of that 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 hazy hiss. Sort also, of like... there's a trippy kind of compression too. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you this: pad you grew up in yeah. was there musical instruments? Actually, just a piano. Now, did you have to go through the? piano lesson experience yeah yeah okay now a lot of the cats i've had on the show it almost like made them run away from music how was your experience man i didn't last long to tell you the truth man i um what i found out it's mainly the problem of the teacher it's not the uh, the idea of the experience it's like i think teaching is a technique and a lot of people ain't got that skill for sure for sure and i and i think you know looking back on it you mentioned it you know there that's the foundation of course i mean because it's basically percussion, right? Piano well, is a percussive instrument, and you're basically with, kind of learning just to bang your fingers with a little rhythm. Especially when uh, in, in the era of uh, the horns, the swing stuff, everything that wasn't a horn was in the fucking rhythm section because they had to pound their brains out just to get hurt. There's no amplifiers yet. So it, it, here's the other thing about piano. There's one button for each note. Yeah. No, but no other button. instruments is kind of like that, except maybe harp. And then the harp, you put your finger actually on the string. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and I think looking back on all that stuff, I think you, you made an interesting point, too, about the teaching. The teaching aspect is pretty key. And I think that goes to a lot of different stuff, though, how, how, you're, how your experience is applied. You know, some people really get glued into that stuff, man, like they're, you know, piano prodigies from an early age or things like that. But for me, it... I do the piano course, but um, it wasn't one of those things that really, like, I got into it all. It wasn't until years and years later that I finally well, sort of got into Well, Jay, let me playing. ask you this. What about at school? Were you in the choir, the marching band, or shit like that? Yeah, man, actually, kind of. I actually was sort of um, doing choir stuff for a while as a kid, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but, you know, it was sort of one of those things of... Um, uh, kind of, you know, mandatory <laughs> in a way. You had to sing uh, with the group, like church. Had to sing, man, had to sing. Yeah, actually, my father was a pastor. <laughs> so so um, I kind of grew up. Well, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the uh, old rock and rollers, they learned to sing in church. 
True, true, true. And you know, a lot of those, um, you know, a lot of the thing. I think that the first. Uh, I know it sounds kind of weird, man, but I guess that's like a live gig every week if you think about it. <laughs> Absolute, ab- and also uh, maybe the band didn't you let go because everybody else is singing and everybody you're hollering your brains out, especially kind of holy roller service. Yeah, yeah. So why not <laughs> let the freak flag fly? Let me ask you this: What was the first money you bought with your? What was the first record you bought with your own money? Okay, okay. So actually, at that point in time, man. Um, so I got somewhat really interested in um, that old Minneapolis sound, man. Husker Du, the um, old early Soul Asylum stuff. What was that the first was some... record you bought with your own money, Jay? That would be like the, the I believe it was 1988's Soul Asylum Hangtime album. Okay. And what was the first gig you saw? Oh, <laughs> let's see. Um, that was probably... Huh. Remember this band called Cracker Bash? Yeah, I got to play with them. Portland, Oregon. Sean. Okay. Okay, yep, yep. They're back. They uh, have a new name. He dresses like a sailor now. Oh, really? Oh, really? I wouldn't oh, okay. shit you, Jay. That's wicked. That's wicked. Okay, got all right. Got to play yeah, several man. gigs with him, them. Uh, yeah, they're good cats. Good cats. They were a trio. Uh-huh. That's great, yeah, 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 and um, so yeah, I was, um, I think that was the first gig I ended up seeing on, on a kind of a random, random deal, never heard of them, just check, checked them out, but yeah, that, that's kind of like what started my kind of own exploration into, um, well, into let, music. Well, let me ask you this, not after school, like graduating, but after school in the afternoon, the bedroom band, the garage yeah. band, the basement band, did you do that? Yeah, yeah, actually, eventually, um... What happened was, Mike, the, uh, my, my, I ended up getting a guitar, an acoustic guitar on a random thing. It was one of those things my dad's friend had one, and he always meant to learn to play it, and it was collecting dust and mold in his attic. Gave it to me, and I, I, mean, I didn't even know the difference between a guitar and a bass at that point in time. And I was just fooling around with it. And I never really learned how to really play, man, to tell you the truth, but um, I, ha- I knew a guy who played drums, and when I got together with him... I just kind of followed his lead on the on the axe, you know, and and just now, Jay, you could hear that acoustic guitar over the drum set. Well, um, he played we... soft, a little tippy tap. No, actually, no, he was a pretty raging drummer, man. But, you know, not knowing really what to do, I just put a mic up to the uh, <laughs> to the to the acoustic guitar. And, oh, uh, you he... used a mic. You had a little PA going. Yeah, because he he had a he had a. This guy had a, he already had a band going, so he... he uh, yeah, usually, usually the prac pads at the drummers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so they don't exactly. have to build it up and tear it down every fucking prac. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And I think he had an, an electric there as well. So when he, he, he basically let me borrow his electric, at, at, you know, eventually, and it went from there. Yeah, and would whatnot. you call but this I, a band? Did it have a name? Actually, man, yeah, we, we put out a few demos. It was called Grumble Bunny. And did you ever do any gigs, or was it just a prac band? Yeah. No, man, no, man. We, we started gigging pretty much right away. And the weird thing okay, is, you know, what I, was I, it? can I ask you about the material? Was it covers? Was it like me and D. Boone no. learned off records? Or were you guys writing original stuff? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's the strange thing. I never really started taking music lessons. I just started writing songs at a very quick pace. That's bitching. Well, that was a big 
great thing that I loved about the movement. Look, you gave me some more. Uh, well, everything you gave me is Fever Moon. I want to play Wire and Twine. All right. Sounds like England twine. <laughs> <laughs> Right out of this scene 
really far away on our left. Is this just a
show that chunk of music is started off with fever moon doing wire and twine not string people had boggle after that from east bay with intro piano right spotsky everybody think of him he got out of the hospice healing up his lungs you know he's got to have a lung transplant he had some strokes and some bug clots but he's getting over that everybody think good things for spotsky because i love the man sex feather and after that, from D.C. area, Bombas Prendon with Cold Hotel Room, Love Fish. Then 99 Letters. This is from Japan. Uh, Gensitsu Tohi. And Tropical Fuck Storm out of Australia. The bass player, the lady, is going through cancer, so think of her, too. Mm. Aspirin, Slight Return. Sort of Jimmy, but not. And then finally, Fever Moon with Heaven's Hole. Okay, so tell me about the first Grumble Bunny gig. That that first Grumble Bunny gig was one of those um, after school, uh, uh, you know, party man. One of those outside parties, man. This is this is back in North Carolina, and um, yeah, it's just one of those one of those party gigs, man. Um, keggers on the porch and outside. Uh, shit, man, I think that, I think that girl's house was like in the woods or something like that, you know, somewhere off the darkened highway. And, um, man, it was one of those things, you know, like that was the, that was the deal back then, right? Bonfires. Keggers. We had a big Pedro here in people's backyard. The grass, well, first it burned off, but when it grew back, it was really bright green and tall because all the pissing. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) 
So uh, would you call this gig a success? Yeah, man, it was a blast. Okay. It was great. Okay, they didn't throw shit. No, no, it, was, it, it went over great, man. No, and I, I, I say that because I've had lots of shit thrown at me. and uh, I oh, will yeah. say batteries hurt, especially the D size. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the sacks of shit and puke in a way are more of a soft yeah more of a slight return <laughs> okay sure, sure but man the thing the thing is that after that gig man i just i just realized how much fun i had i had a great time okay so it was an inspirer yeah yeah okay it, it so so grumble fun. bunny went on and on yeah we did like was it like, like the energizer minute. bunny to just keep going <laughs> yeah for at least three demos <laughs> okay and more gigs right more keggers yeah yeah yeah, yeah right yeah we, and we, you guys we, just stayed a two-piece no, we we were mostly a three piece. Oh, you had a bass. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, you didn't mention that. That that reminds me of the old days. Why, you know, that's where you put the retarded friend. It's like right, right field in little league. We definitely no, we we definitely we definitely got got uh, some friends together, and that was unfortunately the revolving position though. That that bass position was, uh, you know, in and out of cats, man. Doing that gig. Yeah, I'm with the butthole surfers. Ah, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Okay, so uh, tell me what happens with Grumble Bunny. Did you well, guys actually, tour? Man, Did guess... you end up touring? You know what? We never toured much. Mostly just um, a little bit on the East Coast. Mostly just around... I-95 tour? Exactly. Virginia. <laughs> That's where I was born and uh, lived for... Uh, actually, a couple times. Yeah, there's a big Navy base. My pop was a machinist mate. Right, right, right. Uh, in Norfolk. I was born in Portsmouth, but it's right next door. So uh, it, the band falls apart. I mean, does it last past high school? Actually, yeah, yeah. Just just a few just a few years past high school, I'd say. And I think we, we you know we had done like a few um, a few recordings um, in my in my in the drummer's garage, and then we had gone to the studio for the third one. I think that was my first studio taste you know at that time what what town that was in greenville north carolina greenville, i know greenville yeah in and, fact um, uh what's there clemson oh oh are we talking sports well college um ecu because i remember i think the minutemen played a club with a band called the peach puffins is that a fucking name i like the name um <laughs> But I don't. I'm, man, ju you know, I'm just trying to. I'm thinking either South Carolina, North Carolina, but way in the West, Clemson. Uh, you know, it is sports. I mean, as far as football and that shit. But it's also, also they learn people. It's a college, dude. Right, right, right. I drove yeah. through it this past tour, and I hadn't in a long time. But I oh, remember but... that gig. Yeah, I think they were the Tigers, right, Clemson. I can't remember. Yeah, the um, yeah, there, I mean, that was that was a pretty healthy um, music hive there going on actually i think and you know in, in general like north carolina is sort of a weird little pocket of stuff man oh yeah of course no actually it's all over the country do enough tour you'll find for that sure. for sure for sure yeah, but what, yeah, what yeah. happens do you go to uh higher education for music no 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 but no. do you end up going to higher education yes but like I, I started basically learning basic graphic design and things oh, okay. like that so music you stayed on the side well, it's always been there, and I've always been doing it. Okay. Nice. But, but uh, uh, the, do you leave North Carolina? Do you leave the Grumble Bunny guys? 
Yeah, we, we end up just, you know, parting ways amicably. I don't even remember a real split up to tell you the truth, man. I mean, it's been People ages. People move on. St- yeah, right. We're all, we're all still, um, quite, you know, we, we're all still in contact, in contact and stuff like that. In fact, one of the old bass players just bought a few paintings from me uh, just this past month. <laughs> oh, bitching. No, it's always good to have old friends. You know, and not let something, especially like bands can get pretty drama and it could ruin those kind of things. But that's that's good. You guys were resilient about that. So where do you end up musically as you're learning the graphic design stuff? Man, actually, at that point in time, I was in Raleigh and um, Kings. I remember Kings in Raleigh. Yeah, man, that's right. That's right. Kings. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe it's still there. I had heard rumors that it was kind of shutting down a little bit, man. But I think it's still okay. hanging on. And, and what do you do? Do you uh, maybe there's no time for bands, but you're still m- making music by yourself, man oh, alone? Oh, man. So actually, there was a, we started another band. The drummer and I started another gig. Oh, uh, same started, drummer. Okay. Same, same drummer, man. Yeah. That's bitching. And, that's bitching. Man, he was one of those kids, too, who was, I think he was just a slight bit older than I was. And, um, and uh, his name was Tom. He's still around, man. He's still kicking in Raleigh. He's still playing drums. Oh, great. He's up. Uh, and uh, what do you call this? Called, yeah, what do you call the next project? We call the next project Koresh. Koresh, okay, like David. Yeah, <laughs> I remember going past Waco on tour, and there's some motherfucker on the side road selling little dolls of this cat, and you could oh. see the smoke, you know, <laughs> from the compound, and here this cat selling like little doll. Yeah, the humans are shameless. Yeah. Right. On, on many levels. So, so what would you say is the big dif- difference between Grumble Bunny and Koresh? I, I think, man, at that time, you know, I was I was kind of veering more towards like playing a, just a slight bit more with a hardcore kind of edge, and I mean, you know, stuff like, um, uh, you know, like Articles of Faith and um, uh, Bad Brains and stuff like that, man. Which I was excited about. You were copying about. these bands. You were inspired by these bands. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I have people on the show and they start like giving me band names for references, and it's like, man, this is like the fucking bins in a chain store. Why don't you just <laughs> say harder guitar or louder drums? You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I think the thing is, you know, I'm I'm not really um, I'm not much of a proficient player, but I think the thing is, is at that time I was just veering more into this a, a bit more of a of a harder style yeah um i can get into that and i think um i mean you know it's just a matter of a little bit more aggression a little more power a little bit more tighter shorter songs does koresh have the ability to hold on bit to bass players oh yeah i I mean better than the grumble bunny actually now that i'm thinking about it that was also another still the dilemma was still the dilemma well at least you had the drummy man and there's nothing like having a drummy that sticks with you that, 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 what you need is true. a good bass player, though, so that you don't have that poor, lonely kick drum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm proselytizing for my own work. So uh, tell me about the first Koresh gig. Okay, let's see. Um, that we, we gigged a lot, this band, actually. man. We, we did play quite yeah, a lot. I want to know about the uh, first one, but we're going to have to wait because we have reached the end of the first hour. Of the January 14, 2023 edition of the Watford Pedro Show with special guest Jay Holmes. Hold tight for hour two. (laughs) January 14, 2023. It's the second hour of the Watford Pedro Show. (laughs) 
Pedro show started off the second hour with Fever Moon doing Judgment Day, and then the Almighty Op with Humorless World, Victoria Shem with part four of eight, her piece Red Breast. She's playing something called a bass collar. She's got some puts around her neck, and her body can bring bass sounds to her synthesizer stuff. Tom Hall after that with Parallel S, and then finally Emmeline. From Fever Moon. Okay, we're going to hear now about the first Koresh gig. So, man, that, that Koresh, um, that first Koresh gig was somewhere probably also in Greenville about that time. A buddy of mine, Alex, was setting up a lot of shows, and he let us do a, a gig around there. And I think it was one of those, like, community center gigs. Oh. I think when we played in Greenville, it, the, the club was in a strip mall, you know, just a little lot. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the pad, but I do remember opening band was Peach Puffins. I got to look that up, the Peach Puffins. Yeah. I've tried looking for them. I think they're a wave band that lasted just a little bit. This was the Double Nickels on the Dime Tour in 1984, right. su- summertime. Right. right. Okay, so uh, uh, explain about this community center gig, Koresh. Um, yeah, so, so it was a, it was a good vibe there, man, actually, that, that was a good time, man, that was a good time in my life, man, a lot of, a lot of good friends, a good community, everyone was helping out everybody out, a lot of zines were going down. No, but how um, was the gig itself? <laughs> I mean, the gig, the gig itself, I barely remember, to tell you the truth, man, that one, um. So you don't whew. remember if it was a success or not? I, I do. Man, I'll I, tell you, one of the first gigs I did with D Boone, we were called Bright Orange Band. D Boone's pop literally had to save us. They were throwing rocks and shit at us. He had to drive through the crowd in the pickup truck, and we jumped in there. That's why I asked people about this shit, man. They're, okay. I, mean, I, I had some bad luck with I, going into the 90s, opening for Primus and Beastie Boys having shit. Seeing Nels Klein hit with dirt clods. Wow. I mean, it was fucked up. So that's why I ask about that kind of shit. Yeah, it was nothing like that, unfortunately, man. I mean, but I, I have had unfortunately, I've, I've had a few experiences like that, man. I do remember there was a gig one time where um, these bikers like came on the stage and were, were forcing me to like do cover songs and stuff. That was that was a bit hairy. Oh wow, there's a gig here at a biker bar, but for some reason, you know, they were having punk gigs, and uh, this one guy put a cigarette out on the guitar player's forehead. <laughs> during the kick that's that's kind of a hint to stop (laughs) a a subtle hint yeah (laughs) so how you said that this Koresh band does lots of gigs do you guys end up touring do you end up uh, recording in the studio yes yes we 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 did and um you know i'm curious jay why didn't you give me any Koresh or grumble bunny music I think some of that stuff was a bit too lo-fi, man. I thought, man, it's, it's pretty... Not for the wide from Pedro show. Yeah, but even even the stuff I've got is a little on the rough side, I thought, for most, for most of it, man, to say the truth. It's a little... I know, yeah, but I, we could have got perspective, because all we got is... So, and we're going to get to this fever moon, but, you know, every story's got a story that leads up to it. So, uh... I'm, I'm wondering, you say the difference between Grumble Bunny and Koresh was a little more hard edge sound. You're playing more yeah, like I'm... hardcore. Uh, hardcore meaning like minor threat? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. And because uh, that's where I remember D Boom would tell people that, yeah, I remember seeing hardcore in a Discord record ad because in work DC. Right? All the bands had to come from DC. So that DC got worked into hardcore. And, uh, you know, the Hollywood, that's where we learned punk was in Hollywood, 70s stuff. And they thought anything south of Melrose Avenue was the beach. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, you know, right. and, uh, yeah, and it did switch to like younger people, of course, of course. You know, the first punk here was like glitter and glam. It, sure, actually, sure. we were the younger cats and we were in our early 20s. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, OK, get back to your journey. How? uh did you make any release? I mean, you said demos with Rumble Bunny, but does Koresh actually get some vinyl out there? Yeah, we did. We we put out a we put out a, a single seven inch and um and uh, you know self released did it ourselves. Put that out there. Um, what about tour? The... What's that? Tour. Yeah, yeah. We we did some tours around, yeah, man. Right. Uh, 
Right. Mostly also like around the East Coast, regional stuff around and that would time. You, would you, Jay, would you say there's no experience a young person uh, will get cheated by going on a tour? There's something about that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I mean, even if there's some uh, hardship and stuff, there's just something about the experience. Now, if you call a tour more than a month, I've done 67, so only 67 more. Only, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a start, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, because some people you read about it, it's like total bum outs and stuff because it ain't like whatever. Man, but, I man, mean, there's experiences so, so, that you can't get without fucking actually doing it. I, I totally agree with you. But at the same time, I'm going to say I completely agree. I can completely those understand. Those people that are so, pissing and moaning. Okay. Look, I you mean, gave I, me this song, I, Dagger in the Sun from Fever Moon. Let's listen.
They're driving the nails They know what they're doing Some kind of lover They want to be ruined
I'm looking for the real people out here. The professional people out here. Hit me up, honestly. Don't call Marvin. Call me, dude. My name's Dick Tuck, and I need concrete people. All that screaming like type rock stuff, it's gone. It's not rock, dude. No. You don't scream. No, you just go like, whoa, whoa. Hardcore kid. 
Well, my dad, he just ain't there But you're my friend now You're all I've got So I stare down the dream with you Less than zero so there's nothing to lose Spend a lifetime following The busted story of youth All my friends are dead and gone Buried by the past Seems like I'm the only one Still having a blast And I guess I still grew up To be a hardcore kid Yeah, I guess I still grew up To be a hardcore kid And I guess I still grew up To be a hardcore kid From Pedro Show, that chunk of music, start off Fever Moon, doing Dagger in the Sun, and then Fausto, Faustito, with You Don't Know What Love Is, and now there's like 20 letters in this fucking proj name, people, Duas Semi Colachies Invertidas, <laughs> fuck, tell them why you do that shit, the Recon Pio Sound, it's him collaborating with some Italians, so it's Maybe he's trying to make them laugh. It's easy. They love laughing. <laughs> Talib, don't worry. Uh, the loose floorboard from Silverboard after this. This was live at the house of Yarga in Philadelphia, September 24, 2022. And then finally, Fever Moon with Hardcore Kid. Or like when uh, Mint Men first played uh, the channel up in Boston, this young man came up to me at... He said, you guys are the weirdest hardcore band I have ever seen. <laughs> so I wrote hardcore on the neck of my Telecaster bass, but I spelled it H-A-H-D-K-O-A. Hardcore. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so, well, maybe not perfect, but good enough. So <laughs> how long does Korash go? What breaks her up? Yeah, we went for quite a few years, man, I guess. Um, let's see. I, I, I guess at the time, man, I... At the time, I just was kind of ready to move on, man. Honestly, I was just. And what, what, what's there? The North Carolina State Rally? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wolf Packer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you go to school there? And, and, and what, did you leave town? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was I was there and um, I was going to school there and, uh, and uh, playing gigs and doing stuff around there. But I, I think around that time, man, I just. Um, I didn't really have a plan to tell you the truth, man. I was just kind of like feeling like, you know, a little bit. I just felt like the, the, the gas was running out, man, for that particular gig. Sure, sure. And I think part of it, man, was like um, uh, maybe I just felt like I couldn't quite like, you know, write what I wanted to. Or I just felt being pulled in another direction at the time. Also, not to mention, man, I was kind of screaming my guts out a little bit in that group. You know what I mean? Uh, I ain't heard him, so I don't know what you mean. Well, well, I mean, you know, it was it was a, it was you a strain of any music from there, but yeah, you yeah. said you're doing the hardcore kid thing, okay? <laughs> yeah, hardcore, 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 kid. hardcore. <laughs> wicked hardcore, wicked. Yeah, right. And if it's a real good uh, kegger, it's a wicked pisser. <laughs> you must sound Australian. I, there. I love, I love. Uh, that's what's cool about touring around. You know, you, you get to check out things like that. Okay, so yeah. so musically, what do you do after? Koresh. 
Man, at, at, at that point in time, I kind of fell out for a little bit of like That's all um, right. put, putting bands together. I think I just I kind of messed around here and there with um, a few projects and uh, like Man that, Alone, where you're overdubbing on yourself. Well, not yeah. I was just uh, you know I think at that time I you know I had like one of those Tascam cassette yeah. recorders for quite a while. Yeah. And um, and uh, I, I, you know at some point in time I kind of like. Um, Started getting a little more like, um, you know, I've always kind of written on acoustic guitar. That's for sure. Um, I've always kind of been a little bit interested in that process of uh, translating an acoustic song into, uh, I guess, like an electrified setting. And so I was, I was just starting to get a little bit more like I'm um, trying to base a little more things acoustically at that point in time and um, seeing how things go. But man, it wasn't for a while now that I that I really got back into getting a band together. Actually, um, eventually, man, around um, two thousand. I gotta stop you because we're at the end of the second hour, January fourteenth, twenty twenty three edition. Wild for Pedro show special guest Jay Holmes. Hold tight for hour three. January fourteenth, twenty twenty three. It's the third hour. What for Pedro show? Hope against hope 
never see the blood on the breeze Or the knife stuck in my knees Or the cracks inside our home Or the dust The dust on the bone Spring 
painted moon shines down the river's bend and water plays over stones of holy land valley climbs taller than any man and endless stars Cross your heart and hope.
show start off the third hour with fever moon doing dust on the bone time will tell from garrett t caps and nasa country tim hill with good is gone scrapers papers with papers speech and finally fever moon keepers park yeah when i saw that scrapers papers papers speech as keepers park yeah it was meant to be meant to be so enlighten us to fever moon all these okay. tunes are fever mood. How did we get to that point? What between this thing where you get kind of worn out on music and fever moon? What? Just try to fill that yeah. in real quick. There's a, there's a big chunk right there, man. Where I was, where I joined another band that really kicked things off in a bigger way, and that band was called the Ladderback, and uh, that was some some guys, man. They 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 pretty much like hounded me down, and they uh, they wanted me in this band called the Ladderback that they had. They were a trio, and, and you're not uh, writing the tunes. You're writing. The, you're playing their tunes. Yep, yep. They they had about they had about maybe five or six songs, man. And at that point in time, I hadn't really like jammed on any with anybody for a few years, and they hunted me down, man. And they actually they weren't even dudes who I really knew. They were just kind of cats who were like in town, and then we started jamming. Pretty. It, it was just one of those things, man. We hit it off right away, you know, and. um and at this point in time, man, we started recording pretty early. I brought some songs to the table, and uh, we started kicking things off pretty quickly. And then it was in full swing from there, man. And for that band, yeah, we 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 toured a lot. We toured all around. We, you know, we were doing stuff with bifocal media. And um, Charles in Florida. Yeah, Charles, man. Yeah, he, he's up in uh, Asheville. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so you know, we we toured around. He was always like helping us out with these tours and things like that. And uh, Oh, he's in Florida and, and now. The, he's in, but he wasn't then. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, but, but the thing is, this is how. Um, eventually, Ladderback went to Japan. And uh, toured in Japan back in 2002. And um, that's kind of like. Why you're in Tokyo? 
Yeah, I mean, but um, we we toured. You no, know, we we toured. Uh, we did a Japan tour. No, but is that why you're in Tokyo now? Or, or yeah, led like, up I, to I, that. Led up I, to I, that. I had come here before um, visiting, and that was my second time in uh, in uh, Japan. And at that point in time, I kind of figured like this is going to be this is going to be a possible move for me actually to come here. So about a year later, I ended up making the jump and uh, and uh, living in uh, Japan. And then uh, from then, though, the weird thing is, man, I, that's when I kind of started Fever Moon. Actually, was when I was overseas. Okay. Yeah, and, they got uh, some kind of manga or anime called sailor moon right yeah there is one yep yep the fucking little girls and well not little girls like women in schoolgirl uniforms it's the most bizarre yeah. trip <laughs> um, yeah it's it's one of those it's one of those things that i mean I'm you see double. it in the fucking 7-elevens you know it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah. shit about but anyway you were inspired and, and was it a full-on band or was it a one-man proj it was a project, man. Actually, okay. yeah, project. Okay. So then, when I, I I went back to the states and I had been demoing some songs and I hooked up with a, a few of my friends and we put out the uh, Time to Burn record and then uh, and then after that, man, to tell you the truth, man, I didn't even put that th that thing out for a while. I kind of sat on it for some weird reason, and then it wasn't until months, about many years later, when I met some uh, some good friends of mine were asking me about some stuff and. I had told them I had done this Fever Moon record back a few years ago, and they said, let me hear it. And then I was like, well, let them hear it. This is pretty good. So I was like, okay. And then after that, man, I kind of got to start writing some more, and then the whole thing kicked off again in a major way, man. It's just one of those weird things, dude. I, I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but, you know, the, it was just the songs started coming out at, at, a, at a pretty rapid rate. Now, did you bring, so any, bring any of this stuff to the live house, or, or it was just recording stuff? No, no, there was, no. Just as of uh, just as of the past uh, year, I've jumped back in the live game. Okay, uh, listeners, you got they got a scene over there called Live House, and these clubs have incredible good sound, but it's kind of pay to play and actually kind of hard to tour there. I, I did twenty two gigs in twenty two days. I did all four big islands, but that was kind of unheard of. This was about uh, twelve years yeah. ago. That that's a that's a big tour for Japan, right? Yeah. Most people when they come over here, they do maybe four shows max, right? In the two big towns, maybe the, the Nagoya too, but usually, yeah, right. Did you, yeah, did you play Huck Finn in Nagoya? No, I didn't. I got to play uh, uh, to Toku. Toku. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a real club, and you know, like yeah. you'd call out wet. Yeah, it's a big room, and they got a kitchen. And then I also played Quattro, which, oh, yeah, yeah. Club which Quattro, is in yeah, a fucking sure, mall. Yeah. And yeah, everybody throws their backpacks. Nobody steals. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Pile yeah. of backpacks. Nobody's kiping shit. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Look, I want to play uh, Corpus Chris. Picture this Can you picture this old terrace old man alive And Corpus Crest Filled with sin and expertise advice May 
for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Fever Moon started off that chunk with Corpus Chris. Then Hara Lunga with Viren 3 and 4. And finally, Giving Up the Beast, Fever Moon. Okay, let's continue with this Fever Moon thing. So now you're you're actually... So who do you get to be in the band? Some uh, uh, Japanese citizens or more expatriates? Yeah, man, I got some... I got um my... um. A American guy and an Italian guy and a uh, uh, British gentleman on on the other guitar and they're they're basically friends of mine, man, who we've who I've known for a while. 
and um, and jammed out. But, but no natives. I, I've seen this a lot. It seems like the guy genes hang out together. Well, and it's not uh, just Japan. It, the, same thing in Europe. You know, and in Berlin, yeah, the Auslanders hang out with the Auslanders. Well, I'll, and I'll when I, I finally got to Japanese. do a China tour five, six years ago, oh, and right, I, right. only one gig was for, for actually Chinese people. The rest were Laois, you know. It's, oh, it's just the way it works way. out. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, I, I've got tons of um, Japanese friends, of course, who, who actually play. But, um, you know, actually I, it, some really good musicians over there. Right. Yeah. Do you no, know, do you no, know, of no light? Doubt. do you know, of L-I-T-E light? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah, buddies of mine for yeah. like, I don't know, 15 years now. And they can play like motherfuckers. Uh, Yuko Araki, uh, Mr. Shimmy, uh, the people from Migu and uh, Mr. Kago's Cornelius. In- incredible musicianship. Yeah, there's no shortage, man, of, of great of great uh, players out here, man. Great, great songwriters. Great, great, great. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is, this thing just was a kind of by chance, man. I, I've jammed with the, quite a few Japanese cats out here as well, man. But this old fever moon gig was kind of a, a, just fell into place in a funny way, man. Just like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's I wild. had a cat from Fukuoka. He originally Portland, Oregon. And then he goes Fukuoka and he makes this band and it's all gaijis. <laughs> <laughs> Almost everybody I know that goes over there get, finds kind of similar situation people to play with and, and not really the natives. So I, that's just why I asked that. People are people. Nobody, you know, Sly Stone said it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. So I don't get sure. hung up on that stuff. I'm, I'm just sure. curious about how things develop, though. So that's a trip. So, so yeah. you have taken these songs to the clubs and stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and yeah, and still going, still going. Well, yeah. what, what's your next plan? What's, what are you going to do with that stuff I did bass for you? Yeah, actually, man, we're um, it, it's getting completed. Um, um, looking to definitely this year, uh, something coming out with that man, the uh, Back to the Whip album. Yeah, yeah, one of the tunes was called that. Who, wh- which right. country, which uh, guy Gene uh, works the bass in uh, Sailor Moon? <laughs> I mean, Fever Moon. <laughs> Which guy, Gene? <laughs> yeah, which, which, who's, the, well, you said there was somebody from Italy and England and. Yep, yep. So, so the wild thing is, man, at this point in time, like, um, there's actually like kind of like, like Fever Moon's kind of turning into like a three pronged beast at this point in time, man. There's like a, there's like one version that's sort of like a, a four piece. And then there's another version that's a, that's a power trio. And then there's also like my, just my solo gigs, man, where I'll do stuff. So that's kind of how I'm gigging around. So it expresses itself three different ways. Yeah. It, it's, and, it's, and it's like the same tunes. It's just different lineups. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I love this idea of like, you know, music just breathing on its own. Yeah, and of course, of course. Songs are almost like baby Akachans, right? They fucking live on their own. They live on their they own. They have a life, of, they, a life of their own. That's what I meant to say. And, and you know, it, it's 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 fun to put a little frame around this stuff, and it's fun to hear how people go for it. And uh, and, and that's kind of where it's at right now, man. So I've got like a well, few... Well, you know, well, can I ask you this? When you get that album done... Yeah. Can you come back on the show with all members from all three prongs? Because you can <laughs> do conference call with be... Skype and shit. And um, I would love to have you aboard because we ran out of time, man. And I, I just want to know about more what you're doing, Jay. Yeah, let's 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 do it, man. Let's do it again. Okay, thank you so much for coming on and enlightening us to your journey through music. People, it's been the January 14th, 2023 edition of the Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>